In our female friendships, it can often feel like nothing is off limits. We love deeply, share openly, and we see each other through some really difficult trials. One issue though, that seems especially delicate to navigate with friends is that of infertility issues. For those who've personally grappled with this matter, they might find themselves frustrated by their friend's lack of support or understanding, which is why there are many of them who choose not to share the journey at all. Conversations around being child-free can feel like a landmine, even with the people that we love. And so with one in eight couples struggling with infertility, there are women who watch as their friendships buckle under the pressure. And in a culture where motherhood dominates so much of our conversations, how do we stay connected when we feel like we can't relate to one another or hold space for each other, both in our grief and in our celebration? In today's episode of the Friend Forward podcast, I'm talking to Katie Seppi, founder of Chasing Creation, a supportive online community for those who are childless. From our interview, you will learn what not to say to child-free friends, new perspectives to better appreciate and support friends who are going through fertility issues. If you're child-free, you'll learn how to communicate your needs to your friends, should you want to do so, and ways we can stay connected when we feel like this issue creates distance and misunderstanding between us. So if you know someone who would benefit from this conversation, I encourage you to pause the show right now and send it to her. And then suggest maybe that both of you listen to it at the same time and discuss afterwards. Because this is a talk that has been long overdue on this show. Until now. So let's get into it. This is Friend Forward, the podcast. And if you're having girl problems, I got you. I'm your host, Danielle Byer-Jackson, a friendship coach, speaker, and author. And when it comes to the joys, complexities, and misconceptions surrounding female friendship, I am here to help you through it. So a little bit about me. I went through almost four years of infertility. And um, during that time, tried IVF, which didn't work, and um, had a few different surgeries for fibroids and polyps and endometriosis and all kinds of things that were going on. And um, my infertility ended up ending with a hysterectomy in 2017. And so that brought my fertility journey to a close. And I actually found that when I was going through infertility, it was pretty easy for me to find resources. There's a lot now around infertility and being able to connect with people who are also going through it. And I could find that community and support that I needed. And then once I realized that I went through all that and was not going to have a kid, it was like, oh, I don't know who to talk to about this. I can't find anyone else who's been through this. All I'm seeing are like infertility stories that end with a baby. And where is my community? Who can I talk to that will get what I'm going through? And so um, it's really just, I see my role now as trying to create that community and space for those who have this experience and figuring out how to best support them and help them as they kind of navigate having to give up that dream of motherhood and figure out, okay, what does my life look like now that that's not part of my future? So talk to me a little bit about when you were going through your journey, what were the little points where you started to notice splintering and how you could relate to your friends when the journey was still in motion of trying to conceive? Uh, So I think when I was still going through infertility, what I found was that I know the people in my life loved me and they were wanting me to have the outcome that I wanted, but I felt like a lot of times there would be kind of uh, statements that I would view as being toxic positivity statements, like, well, just don't ever give up. And if you keep trying long enough, it'll happen or like, just pray about it or just have hope. And 
when you're in the middle of it, those things don't actually feel that good to hear because it feels very dismissive of how much pain you're in in the moment and that there's no guarantee in this. So while a lot of people do in their infertility um, journeys with a baby, there's quite a few who don't, or even like women who never get a chance to try to get pregnant because they're single. That's like another divide I see is, you know, women who are single trying to stay connected to their partnered uh, friends. And so I think a lot of it is um, kind of a misunderstanding and being nervous to say the wrong thing, but also not giving the space to really listen to your friend and like hear what is she actually needing from me at this time. And I think that when we come to things that are really heavy, like grief, it's hard for someone else to hold that space, especially if they, a lot of people can't hold grief for themselves, like their own grief. And so to ask them to do it for someone else is a really hard ask. And I think uh, motherhood brings up so many, there's so much wrapped into like our culture around what it means and what it represents. So there's a lot of personal beliefs and values that get wrapped up in the conversation and it can just become kind of almost like a landmine it feels like to have conversations that if you're coming to someone and talking about your fears about not becoming a mom or um, the struggles that you're going through with infertility and what that's been like for you and what you're facing. um, I just think that sometimes it can be met with either kind of an inability to hold the space for that or just not knowing what to say. And so maybe like kind of distancing because you just get nervous and you're like, I don't want to say the wrong thing. What would you have liked to hear from your friends or like to have experienced with your friends that would have made you feel more supportive during that journey? That's a great question. And like you said, I think everyone is going to approach that a little bit differently. And I think one thing that I also didn't mention that makes it really hard is that I have pulled people within my kind of network and found that a really high majority of people don't even tell anyone that they're going through infertility or that like they may be childless and in their fifties, but they've never talked about that. They, that wasn't a choice of theirs, but it's too painful to talk about. So maybe even their best friends and family don't know. Mm. So that can be hard too. You may find that your friend's distancing from you and you don't know why. And it could be that they haven't even talked to you about that. They're going through infertility and that it's hard for them to be around your kids, or it's hard for them to hear you talk about your pregnancy or invite you to baby showers or birthday parties, that that's actually a source of grief for them. That's really hard, but they may not have like even expressed that. So I think that's another just element here Mm -hmm. um, that makes it really tricky. But I think in terms of if someone is open about their infertility struggles or that they have um, grief around being childless, I think that some of the things that would have been helpful for me. And some of my friends did do them, which I have some great friends, but that I also hear from people in the community is being able to just sit and listen without trying to fix it. A lot of times when we get the kind of fix it advice, it's things that if you're in the thick of infertility, you probably are pretty aware of like what your choices are. So if you get met with like, oh, well, just relax. My friend had infertility and then she relaxed and now Mm -hmm. she has a baby or like try this milkshake or this vitamin, or maybe you should try IVF or adopt. Like people want to offer you a solution and they may not even really understand what they're saying to you. Like, do you know what IVF entails of what you're suggesting to someone that it's like a $20,000 procedure and comes with all these like risks and all the things like it, people kind of can vary. I think they just want to offer a solution without always understanding that that person's probably already explored their options if they are going through infertility. And so that's not always helpful what can be helpful is just to kind of listen and ask questions and try to be supportive of just holding space for that person's story and their experience and being able to sit with that uncomfortableness and sit with the grief 
And just to be able to say, this sounds really hard. I'm so sorry you're going through this. Let me know how I can support you. And some really tangible things that my friends did. I had friends that would just send me like a little card in the mail that was like, you've been on my mind lately. I just love you so much. And I'm just thinking about you. Or when I hosted my first summit, I had three different friends send me flowers. And one of them was a mom that I is, she's one of my best friends. And the note just said, so I'm getting teary even thinking about it, but the note just said, you've always been there for me in my biggest moments. And I know this is huge for you. And I just wanted to celebrate you in this moment. And I think like her recognizing that my milestones may not look the same as like, if someone has a kid, there's a lot of like celebration points that are kind of built into your life. You know, you've got like children's, I go to children's recitals, I go to birthday parties, I go to graduations, I go to like kind of all these milestones that you're celebrating around that's kind of centered around children. And I think sometimes as if you're single or if you're married without kids, you don't have as many of those kind of like milestone touch points where you're inviting friends into things or into being part of your life. And so that was very meaningful for me that I have friends who can recognize the pieces of my life that are really important and that are meaningful to me and then celebrate those with me. Yeah. I, I, gosh, first of all, I love that you have friends who are intuitive and aware Mm -hmm. and attentive enough to be like, this is big for her. So it's big for me, you know? So I I love that you have those lived experiences and those friendships. Um, And I so appreciate you speaking to how we often overlook certain milestones that aren't necessarily as culturally popular um, Mm -hmm. in an effort to affirm and recognize our friends. And I know there might be some women listening and, and maybe this is upsetting or you feel like you need to defend and justify. But if we value a friendship, maybe we can't lounge for a whole weekend in an Airbnb drinking cocktails like we want to. But yes, we can steal 10 minutes to say, this time is for you. This is all I've got but I'm giving it to you because I want to know what's going on. I know that it requires us to be more intentional, strategic, try to figure out when we can carve out that pocket of time. But you just use the word meaningful, that you acknowledge how much time is required to carve out that time. So it really hits different when a friend says, I have this little bit of time, but I'm giving it to you. Yeah. I mean, I would say it needs to be both, right? Like both people need to give a little bit. So I hear a lot of times people in the childless community will say like, I do go hang out with my friend and her kids and I do spend that time with them. And I, and I am fine having some phone calls where I know we're going to be interrupted every 30 seconds. Like that's okay. But if it's just that all the time, then that's where it gets hard. Cause I think it can leave you feeling really unseen and um, and miss your friend too. Like, you know, it's, it's hard to go from having more of their attention and time to having that cut off. A lot of times almost feeling like entirely. Um, and I think the other thing around the conversation is it's not that we don't want to hear about your kids. It's that it can be really painful to know that we're not ever going to have that experience. And, depending on where you're at with the, like your own grief, there are times where you may have like zero capacity to hear about like the experience of motherhood or the details of what's going on. And there may be times where you're further along in your grief where you have space to do all of that, but those things are going to come and go. And you're going to have times where that grief hits you really suddenly. And it can be hard to be in social situations or hard to be with your friend. And I think sometimes when we try to articulate why it's so hard, it can be taken personally, like, well, I can't believe you're saying that you don't want to hear about my kid or like, I can't believe you're not going to come over if my kids are here. Like they're a big part of my life. And it's like, I think we understand that, but the grief is just such a big part of our experience. And I remember one conversation with a dear friend who's just so sweet and she kept 
saying like, you're going to be such a great mom. You can adopt. And this was like towards the end of when I, I was starting to see like, I don't have very many options left to be a mom. And I don't know if it's going to happen. And I remember being really scared, but just kind of saying to her, like, you know, I might not be a mom. This might not work for me. And like, I need to figure out how to be okay with that. And when you keep telling me what a great mom I'd be, that's hard to hear because that's what I want, but I don't know if that's going to be a part of my life. And so I think just, but she totally shifted and was able to hear what I was saying. And she said, Hey, you're right. Like, again, like, I think I was just trying to fix it. And I wasn't listening to what you're saying. And the one thing that no one ever told me when I was going through infertility is, Hey, if this doesn't work out, you're going to be okay. I'm going to be supportive of you. I'm going to be here for you. And no matter how your story ends with becoming a parent, not becoming a parent, like whatever happens, I'm here for you. You're enough just as you are. You're going to be okay. You've got people around you who love you and like that they believe that you can be happy and okay without a kid. For the woman who's listening and she's like, this is so me, but I either am scared to speak up for myself or I think it's easier to just stay by myself and to not be with friends or who feels like it would be perceived as being selfish for her to say like, hey, I can't talk about these things. Hey, I don't want to. What is your advice for that woman who wants to make these experiences known to her friends but doesn't really know how to navigate that? Oh, if I had a good answer to this, I could make (laughs) millions of dollars from it if I just had like a magic solution. But I would say the best advice that I can give, and this is based on like I actually have hosted workshops where the whole time we're just talking about how do we have these conversations with the people in our lives? Mm. And so I've gotten a lot of feedback from the community about not just my experience, but like, what are the common themes that are coming up within the community that like a lot of us are struggling with? So I feel like I can somewhat speak to just what I've seen. And I would say sometimes when we are hurt or grieving or feel unseen, we can tend to approach that with a defensive prickly (laughs) attitude, you know? And so my advice would be to, before you have the conversation, really think about what you actually want to communicate. Like, I I think these aren't good conversations to have on the spot typically, right? Mm -hmm. Like in the moment, something kind of like bristles you or isn't working right. I don't know that that's the best time to try to like keep going with a conversation. I think like take a pause, take some time reflecting on what does this person mean to me in my life? Why is it hurtful that I don't feel close to them? Why is it causing me so much pain? what would support look like for me? Like, I think that question that you had of being able to describe some really tangible actions. And sometimes that may take some thought on our part because we may not even know what support looks like for us. And so I would say to try to approach it, thinking of why you love your friend. Most of these things that we're talking about, the reason it hurts and the reason it causes conflict is because we miss our friends. We want to be close to you. We want to have what we used to have or a different form of it, but we want to feel that closeness. Like we love you. We want you to be in our lives, but we also need our pain and grief and experience to be seen. And we want to be able to like see you in your experience of motherhood. Cause I know I have friends that are moms. I have sisters who are moms. I know it is not like all a hundred percent just joy all the time. It's really hard too. And so I would say approach it from that place. And so when I've had these conversations, a lot of times I will start it by saying, Hey, like I felt so disconnected from you lately and I miss you so much. And I know that you have a lot going on right now. Do you think that we could find a time to just chat for like 10 minutes? Because I just want to feel connected to you. I I miss you. And I think that lands in a different way than saying like, you never have time for me. Like Mm -hmm. you're just ignoring me or whatever, because at the heart of it is actually like, Hey, I miss you. 
I miss that we used to talk a lot and I haven't talked to you in a long time and I, I'm missing our relationship. And so I think that's part of it. I think if you can think in advance of exactly what you need and giving them a couple of tangible things like, hey, I know that you really want me to have a kid because that's what I want right now. Like if you're still, if you're still in the middle of infertility, but when you keep telling me that I should just adopt or do IVF, that feels really dismissive of like what I'm going through. Can I explain to you maybe like why those aren't options for me? Or can I tell you more about what I'm experiencing right now and just have you listen? This is, it's just giving me a lot to sit with personally. I'm thinking about a lot of different things. Um, <laughs> and I know, I know that there are women listening on both sides who are being kind of a little more enlightened about their relationships with other women. I mean, friends, but how we relate to other women um, mm-hmm. through this conversation. For those who are curious about what you've got going on, you have these workshops, you have a community, mm-hmm. you have events. Where can we follow along and engage with you and your content? Yeah, I am definitely most active on Instagram. So you can find me at chasing.creation. It is where I like to spend my time. I just appreciate you inviting me because this is the first time I've had a conversation like this and uh, it's been really nice. As your new official friendship coach, here's your homework. Listen closely. No matter what side of this situation you're on, I encourage you to follow Katie on Instagram at chasing.creation. Now I've never assigned follow somebody on socials as our end of episode homework, but the reason I'm doing this now is because for those of you who are child-free, I think it'll help you feel more seen and then perhaps alleviate or absorb some of the discomfort or lack of support you might feel in your friendships. And then for those of you with children, I think you'll feel both challenged and equipped by consistently following this account. Being able to have more open dialogues with our friends who are maybe on the other side of the issue, it will help us to have more understanding. I know that I've learned a lot from following along. Now, I personally have two children and I also have a few friends who have had fertility issues. And some of those stories ended with children, some did not. And watching these women as they go through this journey and seeing the way that it impacts the way they relate to other women, it's made me question as a 35-year-old woman the ideas that I have had about legacy and motherhood and womanhood. And I hope that following Chasing Creation on Instagram does the same for you. If this is an issue that you notice has been straining your friendships and you want to talk through it, I encourage you to come and message me over on Instagram at Danielle Byer Jackson, or you can send us a message anytime at betterfemalefriendships.com. Until then, know that I'll be right here rooting for you always on your ongoing journey toward better female friendships. Until next time.